Thursday, November 26th, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 245, Nebulous Revenge. Runtime for this episode is 48 minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that would eat a dinosaur. My name is Jeremy. Look at me! I'm Tyler. Dinosaurs are freaking delicious. Have you ever tried it? They're great. My name is Zach. Yeah, but is that really the dinosaur or the cow we fused it with in order to clone it? I don't know. I feel like a steakosaur would be delicious. Steakosaur is great. I'm trying to think of any good meat-based puns other than that. That's my favorite edible Pokemon, Steakosaur. (laughs) Steakosaur! (laughs) Sarsaur! It's a cross between a Bulbasaur and just like... A, a, well a done steak? steak. Yeah. <laughs> it evolves in the Prime Rabdon. So we played Bonk's Revenge this week. Did we ever establish what he's getting revenge on? Uh, the dinosaurs that kidnapped his girlfriend last time, I assume. I, okay, so he's the going The concept on a, of dinosaurs. The <laughs> Makes about as much sense as anything else. It does. I mean, he does bonk some stuff. Bonk! So, Zach, on what have you exacted your revenge? I've still been playing a lot of MechWarrior Online they released all their loyalty mechs this week, which are basically their special variants of the mechs that haven't necessarily been released for like in-game currency or whatever that have special patterns and stuff for if you have bought. Basically, if you spent money in their store this year, they are like, here, have some free stuff. Okay, so it's kind of like a rewards program. Yeah, exactly that. I ended up with the top tier clan and the medium tier Inner Sphere rewards, and so I didn't get the top tier Inner Sphere mech, which was a Warhammer 4L, which is a stealth Warhammer. Do you want a stealth Warhammer? I just... Yes. Okay. How does that work? I can get the bonus dice on sneak attack if you're flanking. Thank you. Yeah, you Thank can you. do that. What it is is it's got stealth armor on it, but the bigger deal is that it has an ECM hard point on a heavy mech for an Inner Sphere mech. Right now, they're basically, I think the only one they have is got a there are only a couple of them that they have, and I think at least one of them is a hero mech, so you have to actually spend real money on it. They're not, like, super uber-powerful mechs or anything like that. I mean, I like the Night Gear H, which is the, the medium-tier clan reward, which, you know, I quite like it. It's a really good mech on the tabletop. It's not as good in MechWarrior Online because the different systems, but on the tabletop, it's a really good mech because it is able to punch holes and things really well, but that's not as big of a problem in MechWarrior Online. How does the stealth armor work in the online game? That doesn't... Stealth armor is basically when you have it active, it generates a bit of heat, but people can't get a lock on you while the stealth armor is active. Okay, so some it evades heat-seeking missiles by producing more heat. Gotcha. It's not heat-seeking <laughs> missiles, it's just it is basically targeting stealth. So people can still see you, they just can't lock onto you. It's not like the stealth submarine in Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> I was thinking like a, it's like a B-52 bomber, right? No. No? Am I not thinking of the right thing? The... You're thinking of a B-2 bomber. A B-52 is just a really big plane. Oh. Is that the one that they call the Flying Fortress? That's the B-17. Is that the one that they call the Flying Grotto? <laughs> hey, I got I, I got there eventually. I got Tyler, the right do you know letter. what a Mustang, do you know what a, a Mustang is? A horse. I was going to say a really cool state alchemist. <sighs> <laughs> Please tell me you know what a warthog is. A plane. Um, it's like a puma, right? What just, else have you just, been playing, uh, Zach? I actually picked up and um, played a little bit of uh, Mutant League football. They released their Dynasty oh, nice. mode in addition 
as well as some of the DLC that they'd been working on, like for the werewolves and the demons. Because those were things that were stretch goals. It's like, you know, we're going to release the game, like the initial game, and then we're going to put those in later. Yeah, that's legit, just so you can launch on time. Yeah, so you can actually get it out the door so people can... You know, get it and play it and people can buy it. I think the Dynasty Edition that has, like, I would wager most of that's on Switch now. Yeah. Or at least it's coming out on Switch. That's cool. No, I noticed it was on Switch. I might actually pick that up. I've been playing Blood Bowl intermittently, and, like, that makes me want to play Mutant Football League. It's not quite the same as Blood Bowl. Yeah, I know. That's a tactics game. This is more like a... It's not like an actual football game. Yeah. I would recommend getting it for PC, but that's because I want to play against you no that's legit. that's because i'd like to play with play with you yeah it's still a fun game the silliness of the cheap tricks is fun like bribing the ref and being called back because life is unfair fun game mechware online I, I did something i don't do like ever i played with people i don't know in real life i thought you've done that before for that one guy's stream well that's not quite the same i mean i grouped up with people oh, to play okay. quick play games that didn't have a stream involved this is bizarre. Were they I very know. good? Eh. They're just very nice to you. They were fun to play with. Uh, granted, I was playing with people I did know, and these other people happened to be there too. Gotcha. But I spoke to them. Okay, so you grouped with randos and also spoke to them. I remember that one time we played a, with a single rando in our party on um, Plunk Bat, and he was like actually pretty helpful and stuff. That wasn't the single time. We had like a 50-50 rate, because the first time we played with some rando, he shot Ed, well... downed Ed, and then we killed him and left him there. Well, yes, I was thinking it was just that one really helpful rando who was actually pretty good and, like, communicated. Yeah, there were a co- we played with a couple of those guys. Like, they, they were legitimately, like you said, communicative, fun, but that game had a 50-50 rate of uh, dickholes and people who were actually trying to be helpful. But yeah, I mean, I talked to people. That was, the, that was the amazing part. I talked to people. For those who listen to the podcast, I don't talk to people very often. So like, That's just not something I do. What you're saying is you got your socialization out of the way for, like, pretty much the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. Damn um, straight. <laughs> that means I don't have to speak to another human being for at least 30 days. I mean, you're talking to us right now. Do you mean another human being who is outside of your social circle? I know what I said. Okay. Well, thank you for that <laughs> he's, compliment. He's just talking and we're here. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. Yes. That's fair. Person over there. That is exactly true. I'm just... He's running stream of con- consciousness. I'm not actually talking to anybody. Yeah, he found a microphone. It was hooked up. He's like, you know what? The world has been deprived. I of wandered into some voice. random house. Like, I don't even know who these people are. What else, Zach? That's pretty much been it. Like, I played some Super Robot Wars X because I was watching some subtitled stuff. And I'm like, you know, unlike my hero, where like I was actually hanging on to like all of what was going on, this I'm more tangentially interested in, and. I don't really care to pay that close of attention to everything. You know, I don't, I'm not hanging on every word or anything like that. So I will play Super Robot Wars X at the same time because there's a trophy for completing the game as both the guy character and the girl character. So I'll start that up and just do that for the uh, sole purpose of saying I did it because why the hell not? I mean, that's still kind of a fun game. I'm probably going to start at some point within the next week because we're coming up on uh, the end of the year. My yearly review of you know what i thought was the best game most interesting game and most disappointing game of the year i'm a little sad that none of us will have played red dead redemption 2 i mean it's right over there so i might play it oh is that two yeah okay the 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 two is is red on a red background it's bad (laughs) i never really like i played red dead redemption one 
And I personally didn't care for it. I could definitely understand why people might like it, but it wasn't my thing. So I wasn't planning on playing Red Dead Redemption 2 anyway. Blackjack yeah. is great, though. And also, Red Dead Redemption 2 has both a serial killer and a vampire. Blackjack is great. I don't know where she fits into this. Oh, I was thinking Dr. Blackjack, the surgeon who surges himself. I have a decent Blackjack in MWO. It works pretty well. So speaking of gambling games, Tyler, what have you been playing? Uh, Surprisingly few gambling games, actually, which is, well, I don't know. Does identity count as a gambling game? It is kind of a gotcha game. Not quite. I mean, you do get a bunch of, like, you get skins and stuff out of the gachapon system, so... I yeah, but know. you don't need those skins in order to do better. Like, they're not better characters. No, no, you do have to buy characters, though, and that's kind of based on luck, whether or not you get the currency. Or you can pay them real money. No, no, you should not ever pay them real money. So, actually, speaking of randos and also that game, I've been playing that game. It's a, been a little bit weird, because every game I've played solo, I have won, regardless of whether I'm the survivor or the hunter. Every time I play with Jen, I lose. And I don't know why this is, because she's not bad at this game. She's, in fact, better than the majority of randos I pair with, but we always lose when we play together, and I don't understand it. Maybe she's higher ranked than I am, so we get better hunters or something? It might be a situation, like, in, I think it was League of Legends at one point, when you cute, when you duo cute with people, it would basically boost your yellow. So you'd be playing against better people because you were duoed. Yeah, and I actually kind of wonder if that's part of it. Also, we tend to get, like, really terrible randos when she and I are playing together, like, People get knocked out in the first 30 seconds of the game. I'm like, wow, guys. To be fair, I have seen that happen with people that I actually know in Dead by Daylight. So, well, yeah, but do you know anyone who's good at Dead by Daylight? I'm not bad. Other than yourself and Jason, I guess. Jason's pretty good. I think Jason's probably pretty good. Kevin's not bad. I said good. (laughs) <laughs> not bad does not equate to good. I watched Friday the 13th, and if that's indica- if that's any indication, it's if you have any thought about having sex, you're going to lose in a horror movie. So, Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Don't Wander Off Alone, also a pretty good one. I think it's Netflix has an original series out right now called Slasher. Um, what, is it supposed to be like something like Scream, or is it something else? It's like a slasher movie, except it's... At the pace of a 10-episode TV show? That seems like a bad pace for a slasher movie. Uh, If Friday the 13th is any indication, because that movie goes way too slow, and that is two hours long. Wait, the original Friday the 13th? The one where Jason Voorhees doesn't show up. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of those weird trivia things. Jason Voorhees is not the main character, or not the killer of that first Friday the 13th. Nor is there any reason you should think he is, except for that he is in the later ones. Well, that was also made at a time where video where movies were longer, and they did take longer to build up. I mean, hell, I remember watching Vertigo. That takes for freaking ever to get there. The problem is that teenagers are dying from the start. It's just boring. Well, it's happening. <laughs> ah, that is bad. I don't know. This is apparently more like a mystery suspense drama with a s- serial killer as a backdrop. I don't know. It sounds very good. I have not actually watched it yet. I just know it exists. And I've been trying to get more into horror stuff recently. Coincidentally, I also learned that Halloween was supposed to be like a one-off movie. Yep. Like, yeah, it was, it was part a- of that like whole trend of like it was just the one slasher movie that came out around Halloween. They were all doing that. And then they wanted to make it an anthology, which is why Halloween 3 is weird. Yeah. It wasn't all supposed to center on Michael Myers. It was yeah. supposed to be Halloween, like the, the horror stories that happened around Halloween. Yeah, it just got too popular. If you want to get into horror things, let me recommend Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, it's on the list. And Drag Me to Hell. Um, I am familiar with its existence. These are things you would like. 
and um, also they're horror things. So yeah, Cabin in the Woods games. definitely high on the list. I'm trying to think what actual video games I have played recently. Obviously, a little bit of Final Fantasy 15. I got distracted side questing again, but now I have Iris walking around with me, which makes everything more enjoyable. Yeah, um, she's always hitting on you, and you're like, I'm engaged. <laughs> I'm engaged, also oblivious. There's like one side quest where Gladio takes you out to pick a flower for his sister, and he's like, I think it would be better if you gave it to her. And Noctis is like, why, Elko Gladio? I don't understand. <laughs> it's not as good as the cup ramen side quest, but... There's <laughs> a side quest to go get cup ramen. Well, you drive up to a city, and there's a cup ramen truck, and Gladio's like, oh, oh man, cup ramen, that's my jam. <laughs> oh, okay. It's very distracting. Also, like, ever since I noticed that, I've noticed, like, other embedded Oh, there's a lot of embedded advertisement <laughs> in Final Fantasy XV. I don't... Under- I kind of love it. I, not- it's terrible. I kind of love it. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm you, you know you have your like butler chef walking around with you at all times. Of course you're gonna tell him, yeah, just make some cup ramen tonight, Ignis. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes you had a hard day. Sometimes Ignis died three times in battle. Actually, it's always Prompto who goes down. He has no health and he's stupid. He just runs into things. He's like, I'm gonna punch it with my gun. So uh, that just made me think of uh, the gaming sins for one of the Mortal Kombat. Wait, did did he just run at him with his guns? With his Bullet shooting guns? Like, I noticed that all your camp gear is Coleman recently, and literally all of it is Coleman camp gear. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about this game. That explains why you have so much camp gear. It's okay until you have the sham wow guy start trying to hawk stuff at you. So, hey, knock this. You're going to want my weapon. <laughs> but you see that monster over there? Boom dead. Doesn't even know what happened to him. <laughs> Boom dead. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm the middleman. I'm going to be selling you some good stuff from over here for my good friend Joey. You go into the general store and they've got stuff like Sham Wow, Slap Chop. <laughs> I feel like they actually have Valvoline on the have, shelves. Have you played the uh, pinball game that's yes. Final Fantasy themed? <laughs> and we, we should point out we are not sponsored by any of these people that we're mentioning. We, but we, Final not... Fantasy 15 is. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Fantasy. I did play the pinball game. I actually stopped playing it because i got bored like i played it for a while i'm like man i here's a really good accessory you get from that but just that it exists like at all so i found that very early on and i was hoping there were other similarly high Uh, quality random mini games no um fishing's kind of fun but like alex usually watches me play this game she's like stop fishing and all the teammates are like stop fishing (laughs) and i'm like but I want a fish. Just one more fish. Prompt is like, I'm less. always taking photographs, but I'm not stopping the quest. <laughs> like, go do photo shoots like you do whenever you want to do your damn fishing. <laughs> Screw you. I'm the prince. Oh, okay. I completely forgot to talk about this. So I played the Terra Battle tie-in. I don't know if you played that or I if it was available. When I don't you even did know it. what that is. Uh, so Terra Battle is some other game, I think, also published by Square Enix. Um, it's but, an MMO, if I remember correctly. But also kind of like a traditional JRPG soul, but an MMO. I don't know. It's weird. It sounds very interesting, It's honestly. on Steam. But they had a tie-in with what is ostensibly the main character and Noctis being, like, transported to this weird world that's, I think, based off of part of the story elements of Terror Battle. But they, like, designed a whole new 3D model for this character. I freaking love her. Also, the voice actor, like, the entire time, the voice actor was talking, I'm like, have sex with that voice it's amazing <laughs> i found out that it's ashley birch from hey ash um <laughs> who anthony birch's brother or it's sister <laughs> the, the guy who wrote all the dialogue for borderlands 2 more or less um i don't know he's a, he's a really famous writer slash guy who gets lampooned for being a little too sjwe sometimes also his sister is apparently a very prolific voice actor i found out 
She's been doing it professionally since like 2014, and she's in like goddamn everything. I didn't know this. So I felt a little dirty about that. So <laughs> <laughs> that said, it was like maybe an hour long like tie-in thing, and it was actually very good. It got me engaged in both characters. Like there's some bonding stuff that happened. Like Noctis is a douche the entire time. He's like, oh wait, I can teach you how to fight better with people. Okay, I kind of like you now, I guess, but you're not Gladio. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one time, while you're fighting the final boss of this tie-in, um, you can call her to do special abilities like you can your other teammates, and one time it just randomly came up, and he's like, Go get him, Gladio! I mean, you're Sarah. Sarah, right. Go go get him. And she's like, what? And it causes the attack to fail. That does sound pretty good. No, it was pretty good. No, I just forgot to mention this whole side tangent with Ashley Birch voices this character, and I apparently just love her voice. So, what other Vigma games have I been playing? So, playing Smash in real life with real people inspired me to go play Anther's Ladder a little bit, and I finish all my ranking matches for the season, and I'm, I'm platinum again. So, hey guys. You gotta think a lot of people are transitioning out, getting ready for that. Yeah. I'm just meditating hard on the nature of Smash Brothers in general. Yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna be Ridley main. Um, <laughs> I always have preferred playing heavy characters, simply because the trade style seems to work pretty well for me. I don't know. We'll see. I am excited for Smash, but I'm usually excited for Smash. I'm trying to think what else has gone on. Isabel made, clearly. What? Isabel made, clearly. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. Apparently, she doesn't have any voice lines, and that's, like, really off-putting to people. Like, Villager makes sense, because you're silent as Villager. But I, Like, they should give her some... Yeah, and, like, I'm not sure... Who is Isabel? She's from Animal Crossing. Uh, New Leaf. She's, she's the mayor's assistant. Yeah, okay, secretary. Okay, that would explain why I've never heard of this person. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I mean, you're familiar with Tortimer. He's in like every game. Um, who? He might be familiar with Tom Nook, who was snubbed. Snubbed, I say. Oh, Tom Nook, the uh, the mafia boss. Yeah, yes. yeah. Snubbed, I say. You did see that one part of the direct where it's like Tom Nook is watching the direct. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's been a very long day. Let me turn on my desk lamp and talk <laughs> to you for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that was very good. Where the heck was I going with that? Oh, no, she's an adorable golden retriever. People are very much into her being a recurring character from now on, I guess. That, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just weird because she has like the standard Animal Crossing voice and like, you know, all of them have tones of bbs i think is what they call that language i don't know whatever apparently people were very off put by the fact that she doesn't have a voice and i don't know how they would do that i would give her some <laughs> like i said <laughs> that's fair what the hell was i talking about before we got distracted by isabel you smashed br- anthem's ladder yeah no i, I smashed Ridley. smashed some bros i don't think that was the only thing i'm trying to think if there was something else oh well I say I haven't been playing a lot of video games this last week. I have, however, been playing a preponderance of board games. So I'm going to talk about that for a bit because those are video games, right? Wrong. Go on. Wrong. Um, oh, I went to It's Your Move the other day. Yeah. Okay. It was interesting because I was also I was actually mainly down in Park Meadows checking out the uh, Amazon store. Like a physical? Yeah, there's a physical Amazon store in Park Meadows. I'm perplexed, do not understand it, and therefore refuse to go because it feels like that defies everything I like about Amazon. It opened on the 1st. I was curious to know what like what the place was. It's not that big, and so I was like, huh, this is interesting. This is also crowded, and I don't see anything in- that I'm really interested in. I'm going to go explore the mall, and I found the It's Your Move, and I'm like, huh. There's a lot of stuff in here. This is kind of cool. Why are there so many monopolies? <laughs> Why are there so many monopolies? It's weird to me because they sell a lot of like games I don't want and things <laughs> well, I don't there were want. Diff- I think there were a diff- bunch of versions of Ticket to Ride. Yep, Ticket to Ride is a great um, game. And there were a couple it. other ones where I'm like, huh, you know, if I thought I would ever actually have a chance to play this, I'd probably buy it here, but 
I don't know when I'd actually play this game. Yeah, so, and a lot of people have that problem. Ed has an entire room full of board games, and I think he's played about a quarter of them. So he just keeps getting them because he's like, oh, that's a cool mechanic. I'll pick that up. He's a collector of board games, which is a very expensive collection to have. Well, to I'm, be fair, I'm, I collect anime, so... Like, I'm now a collector of manga, so... That's fair. So I've been playing a lot of board games recently. Are any of them the Power Rangers board game that's not out yet? No. No, none of them are. Um, Carcassonne? No. I've actually only played Carcassonne twice. I used to play a lot of Carcassonne on my Xbox 360. Huh. That was not a game I knew they ever ported to a console. I got it when it was free. Like, it was gotcha. a free, like, download thing. So I'm like, oh, I'll download this and see what it is. For PS4? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, this is, like, the first month it I really had a PlayStation Plus. not impress me. I don't remember okay, what So I, I can actually find out what it is. So this game I kickstarted forever ago that is designed by a guy who runs an escape room up in Boulder. So it's kind of cool. He's local. His board games are much better than his escape rooms. <laughs> Great board games. Okay, escape rooms. Yeah, pretty much. He runs Enigma escape rooms. He's a pretty cool guy. He just, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Enigma. But he also made Space Team, which is an amazing game. Oh, I've heard that's very good. So I now own a copy of that because it came as a Kickstarter backing bonus with the game that I actually kickstarted, which is called Ravine which is a game of surviving on an island together. Uh, basically, the mechanic is you start with some amount of health, you wager health to go foraging, and you may either find good things, like food to help restore your health, or bad things, like poisonous mushrooms that just kill you immediately, or weird things like the bones of the dead, which you can use to voodoo ritual summon someone back from the dead after they have died, or a cave that you can sleep in instead of trying to tough it in the wilderness. And the game takes place over... 10 to 20 days, depending on what difficulty you decide to play on. And it's goofy and stuff. If you ever end it... So, like, there's a day cycle where you forge and a night cycle where bad stuff potentially happens to you. Um, I guess in between the two, you can, like, make weapons or a hut or something. If you ever end a night cycle with exactly one health left, you draw a madness card, which work very similar to silly things in Space Team. Like, you have to have a staring contest with one other player, and whoever blinks first loses a health, which means you might die from a staring contest. Or there's you develop cannibalism, where every night you must take one health from another player. <laughs> Things like that. That sounds like vampirism, but... Yeah, well, you know. I think it's actually called The Hunger. So, it's implied to be cannibalism, I feel, but... Oh no, there are a lot of silly things like that. It's a lot of fun, it's also only a 20-minute game, so you can... Actually, they say it's a 20-minute game, it's more like a 10-minute game once you figure out how it works. So you can go through it pretty fast. It's zany. It's goofy. Space Team is also very similar to that. It's like mandatorily a five-minute game, which is zany and goofy. The other really cool one I played, which is vaguely video game adjacent, is Timelines, which I had heard of several times but didn't really know how it works. It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure book, except it plays out in having a bunch of cards that form a room kind of betrayal style except they're not random at all so it is a system for which they made many different modules but the way it's pluggable is that like the mechanics can work very differently every time so the one that comes with the base game is you're projecting your consciousness consciousnesses days of future past style back into insane people in an insane asylum and you're trying to prevent basically cthulhu from being summoned so you're playing sucker punch the movie the game, yes. Sucker Punch, the movie, the game. Okay. I've never seen Sucker Punch, so I don't know. It's You're not very good. Anything. Yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> uh, so my favorite character is, uh, well, I don't know. A lot of them are very good. There's one guy who thinks he's paralyzed until he gets into a fight, in which case he can get up and run away, and then he immediately becomes paralyzed again, which is fantastic. Basically, you go around and you like 
try to choose your own adventure your way to the end of the book. But you're on a time limit, and if you run out of time, you have to start the loop over again. But now you know everything, so you don't have to waste time exploring places, so you can take a different path. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a very fun game. I very much approve. Why aren't there more video games like Majora's Mask? Groundhog Day is such a good gimmick for a video game. It's just a good gimmick generally. I like it a lot. Like, uh, Happy Death Day, I loved that movie. Majora's Mask, I love that game. I know a lot of people actually got frustrated with the three-day loop in Majora's Mask, so... I guess, like, there were bad things about Majora's Mask, but you could smooth them over. Like, I love just the dark humor of Majora's Mask. Yeah. Like, the schedule of it. I don't know. I feel like... Well, the fact that he can predict her... Like, I kind of wish he could mess with it a little more. Yeah, Um, but like I'm saying, like, if that game came out today, you could, right? Yeah, that's true. You could definitely... Actually, I really just want Groundhog's Day, the video game, where you just, like, live the same day over and over and just screw with people and just, like... Like just you want be- Goat Simulator, but it's Groundhog exactly, Day. Exactly, <laughs> yes. I want Goat Simulator, but Groundhog Day, where you can just like learn people's habits and just like do stuff and interact with the world. That sounds very fun to me. I'm not sure how long it would actually hold my attention, but I love that as a concept. So anyway, yeah, Timelines is fun. They have like a fantasy-themed module that you can plug in, because like the basic mechanics are pretty vague, so you can just make whatever scenarios you want. They actually have a an official make-your-own-scenario thing. A lot of them actually ended up being better than the ones that they made. So it's kind of like the same workshop where they're just like, here, you pay money to buy this scenario and then we'll publish your scenario for free for anyone who wants it and has a printer. (laughs) So that's a fun game. None of these things were video games other than Final Fantasy. So what have you been up to, Jeremy? So speaking of Final Fantasy, I've been playing Octopath Traveler. Has it gotten any better since the last time we talked about it? Uh, Well, that's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, is is it... that has gotten worse, or it has stayed about the same? Stayed about the same. So at the start of the game, you see the world map. It's very Lord of the Ringsy, and you choose what character you want to start as on the world map, so you can see where they all are. Okay, kind of like uh, yeah, Uncharted Horizons, right? Yeah, kind of. But unlike Uncharted Horizons, you can go recruit other characters to your party. I guess it's Uncharted Waters New yeah. Horizons. Yes. Anyway. But like when you do, you go up to them and they're like, ah, oh, here's my story. And then you flash back and you have the same story as if uh, you'd chosen that character to start. And they're like, uh, so anyway, that's why I need allies. I mean, uh. that's, that's an interesting <laughs> idea. But at the same time, then why do you have to pick one? to? I mean, I guess you would have to pick one to start with. But I guess I don't understand why they would want to make you go back and play, like force you to play through it. No, I mean, that's kind of what I want. It's just kind of an awkward way to do it. You can choose not to hear the backstory, but then you just randomly go into a dungeon and fight a boss. And what characters you recruit in what order has no bearing on the story. Like, because each Uh, character has their own story. That's kind of lame. And because of level requirements, you're you're not forced to go get every character, but you're highly encouraged to. Like, I'm at a high enough level I could do chapter two of anyone's story, basically. But the chapters scale up in difficulty each one you complete okay so that's kind of weird and awkward and it's super weird when i go like to the thief or the dancer who's like i don't have any friends and i don't want anyone to follow me please join me in this adventure like i just literally recruited the dancer and she and her whole thing is she's like aloof and uh, doesn't want people involved in her problems she literally starts like can you help me in this adventure and then you see her backstory and she's like so anyway don't come with me it's too dangerous Primrose has joined your party. <laughs> She's in <So>, Derry. <laughs> so how many people can you take with you, you can at have, a time? There are eight total characters. You can only have four at a time. Okay. And your characters that aren't coming with you don't gain levels. Okay, and you can't That's... switch them out Final Fantasy X style? No, you have to go to a tavern, which are pretty close together, but 
that's a little old fashioned in the way a lot of those games work. A lot of them at this point, they just everything gains experience. Just stuff on the bench usually gains it at a reduced rate. Yeah, yeah. I really wish they'd done that because I feel like this game is going to get really grindy because you have to have each character to do their story. Okay, but the stories aren't interconnected at all. And, That's a little unfortunate. And again, because of the level requirements, it feels like you can't just do one character's story all at once and then do the next ones. You kind of are stuck doing everyone's chapter one, then everyone's chapter two, or at least most people's chapter two. The advancement system is also a little lacking. I haven't gotten the ability to reassign jobs yet, and I kind of am hoping I'll get to that before Pokemon comes out, but kind of doubting it. <laughs> Basically, there's experience and you level up like normal. There are also job points, which is how you learn new skills. Okay. But the rate at which you need them goes up drastically each time. Like the first skill, you need 30 job points. The second, you need 100. The third, you need 1,000. Holy third, cow. Then you need 3,000. Jeez. Yeah. But you can choose any skill from the list. It, basically, each class has one ultimate skill that you have to learn every other skill before you can pick it. But all the other ones are available at, at 30. Any time. Yeah. That rate, like you'd think it wouldn't scale exponentially like that. Yeah, it's just... Because leveling up doesn't really get you anything, it's not satisfying, so I'm hoping when you unlock the job system, it works a little better, but... Have you ever played any of the Romancing the Three Kingdoms games? I really want to. Yeah, they're kind of similar into that, although I think they actually did the concept better. Or, uh, Secret of Mana 3, have, have I ever described roughly how this works no. to you? Um, there are six characters, they each have their own distinct stories, but the way the game works is it has you choose a primary character, a secondary character, and a tertiary character. Yeah, you've actually talked about this in the past. Yeah, uh, briefly. But basically, you play through the primary character story, and then you get, like, a tidbit of the secondary character story. And then the tertiary character is just kind of there to round out your party. So you can actually get wildly different combinations of characters every time you play through. That seems much better. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. And all their stories actually interconnect, so after you play all six, then you get, like, an epic final battle that involves all six characters. Oh, so the one thing I didn't talk about that's a major mechanic is each character, in addition to their combat abilities, has what's called a path action, which is basically an extra interaction they get with NPCs. So, like, uh. my main dude, the Scholar, can scrutinize people, <laughs> which has a chance of lowering your reputation. But if you succeed, it gives you a tidbit on the character, and you get some random benefit. Most people, for some reason, give me a discount at the inn. <laughs> I'm not really sure why so, that is. So, like, are the tidbits interesting? Because this sounds amazing. <laughs> they sounds like Bardic Knowledge, the worst yeah, thing on I the know. planet. <laughs> Mostly not, but occasionally you get a good one. What does reputation do for you? Um, If you get it too low... It lowers prices at the inn. <laughs> I'm not actually sure. If you get it too low, I think you can't buy stuff, but you can pay the barkeep to raise your reputation. Okay. The cleric and the dancer have one that's called guide slash allure, which gives you an ex like you recruit a villager to join you on the adventure, <laughs> and you can only have them attack when you like summon them into battle with their ability. Okay, yeah. Uh, Awkward so Zombie had a comic on that. It's uh, the ability also better known as a recruit cannon fodder. Yeah, they can't take hits. They just have an attack, and it's like an extra attack you get every turn. Yeah, they're what good, like, what good is that cannon fodder anyway? They're like a summon more than a cannon fodder. They're like a Final Fantasy summon, except they're just some random old. They lady. recur, so it's not like one big attack. They'll attack a couple times before they decide to leave, and you only get like seven or eight calls of them before you lose them and have to use it on someone else. The merchant can buy stuff from people, and the thief can just take it. So I guess my major criticism of this is that there are really, I feel like, only four of them, and uh, each character has like a slightly different version. Like, the thief steals stuff, so there's a chance of you getting caught, and then you don't get the thing, and you lose reputation. Whereas the merchant can buy it, which costs you money, but 
you're guaranteed to get it unless they're like, oh no, that's not for sale. But like my guy scrutinizes the apothecary has a, uh, I can't remember, I think it's a inquire, which just has no chance of failure. So I'm not really sure about the, the balance same, on that. It yeah. does the same thing as the scrutinize? Yeah, pretty much. Huh. It's weird. Seems like it wasn't exceptionally well thought through though. But there are a couple, like uh, the guard and the huntsman have provoke, which lets you get in a fight with people. And there are some problems where, like, there's a guard in the way, and you can just challenge them to a duel and beat them and then walk through. So that's a cool idea. I don't know if you could guide them or seduce them and then just your party and not there. <laughs> that might also be a viable solution to them. But it's a cool idea, but it doesn't really have as much depth as I would hope, which I guess is most of my feelings on Octopath Traveler. Also, none of the stories are super interesting. They're all pretty cliché. Some of them just have more uh, polish than others. Like the clerics, because of the voice acting, I found like I oddly wanted her to succeed because she's got this super cute family she's trying to like do her thing for. And the dancers kind of got a similar thing. But like the Huntress, for some reason, everyone in the Huntress's story speaks with a terrible Shakespearean accent <laughs> that would make Thor writers feel ashamed. <laughs> People are acting. No, it's like, I must goeth to saveth my master. Oh, God. And it's like, why? Like, do with you go? Like, no. <laughs> no, this is not, no. You don't need to have eth on the end of everything. Yeah. Eth. So yeah, I don't think it's going to endure Pokemon coming out. That's a little sad. I was, so while I was trying to find this run random comic I was thinking of, because I didn't know how the system worked, I did find an article that's like, why I'm no longer playing Octopath Traveler. So Yeah, a lot of people got really into it. Most of the reviews I read were very similar to mine, but were positive. And like, uh, that said, I'm 50 hours in. I'm like, huh. I mean, Pokemon, it really hadn't come out yet when you were playing it, but... Yeah. I mean, and I feel like if you are a person who's on a lot of plane rides, a JRPG on the Switch is a thing you want, but you could also play Stardew Valley on the Switch, so I don't know. Actually, so this is mildly interesting. I can't remember if I mentioned this ever. Alex started playing Stardew Valley, having always wanted to play a Harvest Moon game and having played kind of similar things in the past. She bounced off it off of it really fast. Huh. So apparently it doesn't do like any tutorializing and she's like, That's I have true. no idea what it I'm doing. It really doesn't because even when I was trying to play it, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure what I'm supposed to do here. That's fair. It does not really tutorialize at all. I feel like the Harvest Moon games don't really either. I just had Nintendo Power to help me. But something that was not in Nintendo Power because it's a Turbo Graphics game is Bonk's Revenge for the Turbo Graphics 16. I'm still. I realize it's been most of an episode now. Curious what he's getting revenge on. It hasn't just been most of an episode. You've been wondering that most of the night. Yes, but the audience doesn't know that. Yes, they do. I just told them. It's the magic of podcasting. So Bonk's Revenge is the sequel to... What was that game called? Was it just Bonk's Adventure? I think think it was was just Bonk's Adventure. Adventure. You continue to play as Bonk and you continue to fight dinosaurs. I'm not really clear on what the story of this game is. Besides dinosaurs bad, Bonk good. I got no idea. It wasn't real clear. Like, it didn't intentionally go out of its way to try and explain it. It just kind of dumps you in. It's like, all right, go nuts. So the mechanics are pretty much the same. You've got a headbutt attack. You can kind of do a weird hover by continually headbutting in the air. Yeah, headbutt float. There are power-ups that let you shoot fireballs and make your head harder. Also, just random point things fall from the sky. And fruit that will give you a little bit of health or hearts that will give you more. There are hidden extra health-ups in this game, kind of like Mega Man. Though they seem kind of random in where they are and not as purposely placed. Uh, There are also hidden bonus levels that make you utilize one specific mechanic a lot in order to get extra points, which are good for extra lives. I don't know, that's kind of all the things on the field. Meat? Yeah, meat is your power-up. 
Yeah, I was going to say, but double meat. That gives you double head. And yeah. invincibility while well, yeah. you for a limited time, like a star man. So the levels in this game really blend together. You start off in this waterfall level where you have to swim up waterfalls, and that's kind of where the originality begins and ends. Yeah, I, I, I loaded in and was like, oh, I've got it. Okay, how do I get up? Wait, it points to the waterfall. I wonder if I double jump. Oh, cool, I can climb up the waterfall. This is really neat. I wonder if they're going to use a lot of this. Then I got into the game. I'm like, are you guys ever going to do something like that again? No. The, the answer is no, not really. Okay. I guess I get to spin on this branch. That's that's kind of neat. Um, so, especially in the first level, a lot of the enemies don't even move. You have to walk into them to take damage. So the headbutt um, attack is kind of cool. You can, like, headbutt projectiles, and because your head is invincible, like, you won't take damage. And similarly, if you get hit from above, your head will take the hit, and you'll be fine. But because your attack is just this little headbutt, most of the enemies aren't really allowed to have interesting stuff because it's short, short range. You can't really deal with them. And you basically need to power up in order to have any range to counter them, but the power-ups are ephemeral. They wear off after a bit. The best strategy is usually to attack from above, since you have so much mobility in the air with the hover, and you can just drop like a rock head first on people. <laughs> Although, unlike Mario, you have to press a button to attack from the sky. Uh, certainly almost every boss, that's how I beat them, is I just clear them, yep. hover in the air, wait for them to be beneath me, and then forehead them. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's basically how I beat the bosses I beat. And this game has the real Kirby problem where it's just kind of too easy. You have a ton of health. And the thing I really don't like is your fireball power up is kind of Mario style. If you get hit, you lose it. But then you can take so many hits after that, that most of the time I got hit almost immediately because taking a hit is such a minor penalty in this game. I wasn't used to safeguarding my giant butthead. <laughs> I'm just really bad at this game. So I didn't realize... Like, they were talking about how easy it was. I struggled more than they did, apparently. But I, even I was having less difficulty than you might think playing through most of it. And there's nothing really to engage you. The platforming doesn't break up much. The enemies aren't very interesting. The bosses, while they're very visually distinct, the strategy remains the same to fight basically all of them. I mean, I think my favorite boss easily was the Lava Turtle. But even that was just kind of boring. Like, you bonk him repeatedly and then dodge the fireballs and then bonk him repeatedly. The one saving grace of the bosses is at least none of them have a huge amount of health, so at least they're over with quick. I mean, to be fair, you could also argue that a lot of the Mario bosses you beat the same way. Yeah, especially the original Mario. Because it's just, literally just Bowser over and over. Yeah, you just, just bounce on top different. of them, but well, at the same time... there feels like there's more variety because there's more points at which you can jump, so there's more decision-making in the fight. Like, when you jump is actually important in a Mario fight. In this or, game, because you can hover for damn near ever, it doesn't really matter. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just pointing it out that you could make the argument that you could say the same thing about Mario. And in this game, you're always going, so there's not really any changes in momentum to give you fun. This game doesn't do anything like a bad platformer will to take you out of it. It just doesn't do anything to engage you either. I mean, it's still got kind of some of the fun character of the first game. Like, you still use your teeth awkwardly to climb. A lot of it's still kind of goofy. It seems somehow less charming than the first one, though. I just feel like this was more rushed. Like, they took a whole bunch of time making the first one really good, and then they had a series, so they just made, made another, another one. one. And nothing about this game is bad. The physics feel good. The controls are a little awkward, but once you get used to them, they control just fine. There's nothing cheap in it, but there's also nothing that makes you go, oh, I want to try that again, because it was tough, but I know I can do it, because I just kind of slept walk through it all. Also, when you die, you just fall down, and you press start to immediately pick up where you are which means that's not a break in the action at all. I mean, it's definitely an interesting way of going about doing that because, I mean, we have a lot of the same thing nowadays in, in progress in games where you either jump back to a checkpoint 
but at the same time, just falling over and getting back up right there at the same place does kind of remove a little bit of the penalty of dying. Yeah, and it also raises, a certain gravitas, right? It also raises the question of why do we have uh, limited continues and lives then? So that you get more sweet points, so you get more sweet lives, obviously. I don't know, like, the first game had this level where you, like, traversed a monster's belly and you had to swim through its intestinal tract. There was a level that you navigated entirely by using your teeth to chomp onto things and, like, bite your way around poles. Like, this game had really none of the cool ideas that the first one had. You kind of have, like, generic jungle level, generic other jungle level, some caves, an ice level, because of course you have to have an ice level. And the first game had much more original level concepts. The enemies felt interesting, at least. Yeah, they don't feel interesting here. They're just kind of there. Yeah, I feel like this is just a boring game that's like, everything's fine with it, it's just boring, right? Exactly. That's kind of my final thought. Do we have anything else to say? No, it's competent and it looks pretty nice. It's not the worst game we've played. I'm a little disappointed given how interesting the first one was. Yeah, how much charm the first one had. And how little they developed that in the sequel. So speaking of developing sequels, we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing all the games we've played from best to worst, including a lot of sequels. At the top is Chrono Trigger, which is kind of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, kind of. At the bottom is... I can't. Oh, City Connection, which doesn't deserve a sequel and didn't get one. In the middle is Tech Mobile, which is one of the games that you get for free if you subscribe to the Nintendo Switch online service. Oh boy. Is it the version that's constantly trying to milk you for no, quarters? No, it is the NES version. Also, you get Gal or you get uh, Gradius. So that's nice. Yeah, I don't actually know what all comes with the subscription. I have not paid for it, which means I have not played Splatoon since that came out. I just use my Nintendo Fun Coins for it. So mostly because I was curious what the games were. Gotcha. All right. So, scrolling up from Tech Mobile a little bit, we got Bonk's Adventure at number 103. We're pretty much in agreement it's not as good as that, right? Yes. Like, it's basically the same game, just with less polish. So, another game I feel like is kind of boring and you breeze through and as a platformer is Kirby's Dreamland. Tyler, do we think it's as good as that? I mean, Kirby has a little more legacy because. Um, I frankly like Kirby's Dreamland just because there's more variety in movement. You can fly through every level, but even that feels more varied than this game. Okay, so scrolling down, the next platform is Sonic, but since Zack didn't play that or Kirby, I'm going to go further to Ninja Gaiden 2. How do we think it compares to Ninja Gaiden 2? Huh. Ninja Gaiden 2 is a little bit on the too hard side, but at the same time, it had a little bit more flavor to it. Like, the game was a little bit more entertaining because of the challenge. I know, that's the one that none of us liked, though, right? Because we all were kind of like, eh. Kind yeah, of okay. well, I didn't like the first one either. But we're all kind of okay on the first one, right? And none of us like the second one? Pretty much. You know, I think I have to agree with Zach, though. I think I prefer Ninja Gaiden 2, but not a whole lot. I don't think it's much further down from that. So just a couple down from that is Super Mario Land, a game I will always fight for, and I definitely like Super Mario Land more than this one. This is the super zoomed out one where turtles are bombs, and <laughs> you fight Egypt in the middle for some reason. Honestly, I think I prefer Super Mario Land simply because the variety of power-ups is more distinct. You got more going on. Again, I don't think it's much lower than that. But So we got a bunch of things below that that are almost platformers. But the next platform... Well, Zach didn't play that one, so I'll skip that and keep going down. So the next platformer I got is Donkey Kong Land, the Game Boy Donkey Kong game. And I think this is better than that, if only because it's way easier to tell what's going on. <laughs> I think it's also just generally more competent. Donkey Kong Land was definitely an interesting game, but it wasn't really it, a good game. It was also a game that looked too good for its own good. Like Jeremy said, you could barely tell what was going on half the time. 
All right. So again, just for me and Tyler, how do we think it compares to Act Razor? Because I think it's probably worse than Act Razor, right? Um, Act Razor is yeah. a game that kind of I think ended up too low. Yeah, actually, in, the in grand retrospect, scheme of things. I like think about that sometimes. Like, it's still not a good game. Like, this keeps me up at night, honestly. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I agree. I think I prefer Act Razor, if only slightly. Like, it's kind of it's actually maybe a worse platformer, but I think it's a better game overall. Okay, so the midpoint between ActRaiser and Donkey Kong Land awkwardly is Dragon Quest, huh. which I guess is also a game that's fine. I feel like I prefer Dragon Quest a little bit just on Legacy, but I think we're in the right territory when I look at Dragon Quest. Huh. Hmm. I mean, they both occupy very similar spots in my head of, that was kind of a boring game that I'm probably never going to play again. I mean, they're um, both <laughs> on the boring side to me. I don't... Um, You know, at the end of the day, I will actually take a boring JRPG to a boring platformer. Uh, because at least a boring JRPG, you can grind, and uh, it has kind of an end game. Yeah, um, you can like get through it. A boring platformer is just like I don't know, boring. I will play a lot of JRPGs, even if they're mediocre. All right, so the midpoint now is System Shock. Oh, huh. uh, I actually prefer System Shock. There is way more going on, at least conceptually. In I have System to go Shock. with ambition. I have to give it to System Shock yeah. on that alone. I think it's pretty unanimous. All right. Like, we, we lampooned that game pretty hard, but it was at least trying a lot of stuff. And we, well, at least I don't usually use ambition as a big thing, but sometimes you have to. So is it better or worse, actually, than Mario Party 2? Another game that's pretty, eh. I think I like the wild swings and the multiplayer action of, action is a strong word. But multiplayer-ness <laughs> I of Mario it, Party 2 a little more? I gotta give it to the multiplayer. I have to give it to Mario Party. Yeah, I, I have no arguments against that. Playing so. with friends, even if it's a game that's not very good like Mario Party, any of them. Heck, even um, playing single player is... <laughs> well, playing with friends is gonna be more fun than playing Bonk's Adventure. Bonk, or not Bonk's Adventure, Bonk's Revenge. So Bonk's Revenge goes at number 166, almost 60 spots below its predecessor. Above Donkey Kong Land, but below Mario Party 2. Bonk. All right, so Zach, what are we going to play next week? Well, I was flipping through the uh, the list of Wii U Virtual Console games, and I came across one that's got the weirdest box art I've seen in a long time. So I guess we're going to try playing as some Euphoria the Saga, which I, I'm confused. And Oh, that seems like a good br- game to play over two weeks while we have the Thanksgiving break. Exactly. That, that, that's exactly why I'm picking it. I, I have no idea what this thing Perfect. is. Perfect. All right, next time on Last Time, I don't know how to spell euphoria. I was going to say all for one and one for all. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games. Copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltobg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one? <laughs>